Good morning to you, Providence. Hope you are doing well this morning. It is good to see you. If you're a guest with us this morning, we want to say a special welcome to you uh, as well. If you're live streaming with us, uh, good morning uh, to you as well. My name's Dave. I'm one of the pastors here. Our lead pastor, Brian, uh, he, along with uh, our missions pastor, Phil, and uh, a few other of a team have uh, headed to Central Asia uh, there for about a week or so to encourage a lot of the workers that are in that part of the world. Uh, it's a pretty intense area. Uh, and so they're laboring to encourage those uh, that serve so well. So uh, it is good to see you. I hope you have your Bible. If you do, uh, Matthew chapter six this morning, Matthew chapter six. If you don't have a Bible, if you're new to Christianity, we're glad you're exploring it and you're here. There's a Bible under the seat and we'll be on page 811 uh, in that particular Bible. So 811, or you can turn your Bible on. Um, so I'm uh, finishing up this morning, uh, this series on prayer. We've done four weeks on that. Uh, it's been an exciting time to really unpack uh, the Lord's prayer. And uh, I'm extremely grateful that talking to God is not like trying to talk to a live operator on your cell phone. Great, Scott, I get so frustrated. So I'm confessing my sin to you here as I tend to yell at the automated voice on the other end. Uh, and they ask you, they ask you what, do you, what do you, what do you want so we can point you to its automated voice? It's not a real live person. I just want to talk to a live person so I can ask questions. Um, and, I'll, and I'll just I'll say, what area would you like to, and I'll just shout, operator. And, and, and yes, but what, do, what, what, who do you want to talk to? Why? Why are you calling the automated operator? I'm just screaming at it. And I'll just hit, and then I just hang up. Right, just totally frustrated. I'm just glad talking to God. It's not like that, right? We, think, think about that. We have more access to God than someone who can help me with my phone. <laughs> Great, Scott. My goodness. So confession time, I yell at my phone. If you see me at a stoplight yelling at my phone, I'm trying to talk to someone live. I just want to talk to someone live that could respond. My, oh, my. Okay, so that's out of the way. So grateful grateful to be here. Listen, this series, we looked at, we looked at, did we not, uh, the first week of just remembering how compassionate God was, that we could pray to him, that he loves us, that he desires for us. We run to him like a child jumps to dad when he comes home. Uh, we, we looked at the reality that he's capable, he's capable to handle anything and everything that we bring to him. He has more capacity in him than we have request in us. We looked at that. We looked at how uh, we should hallow his name, right? This is the word that we use a lot in our day and time. But Pastor Brian, he unpacked that for us in this sense of adoration. How do we adore God as father? And we walked through that and it, and it really set us up, did it not? To, to When we see God, big, not make him big, but we see him big, right? It puts everything in perspective. It takes you a little low and it humbles you. And that's a good place to be, to be dependent on him. And, and then it leads you to see how great and holy he is and how unholy we are. And it leads us to confession, which we let that last night, that, that as you fall short of honoring God, you don't have to live in this mindset of this state of this sense of failure, but there's actually forgiveness available to you, that he gives forgiveness we sang that last song last week. It's written on our heart, forgiven. What glorious 
glorious good news to know that God, as holy as he is and as wretched as we are, that he forgives us. And then this morning, we'll look at just this few petitions that he closes out with. And so before we dive into it and finish out this teaching on prayer, let's actually pray and talk to him, okay? Let's go. Father in heaven, you are the great God. There is none like you. As Moses wrote in Exodus 15, there's none, no, not one that's like you. And so we come humbly before you today. We come with all of our stuff from this past week and all of our stuff that we'll face this week. And just ask, I'm asking God, that you would remove distractions, that you would eliminate those things that so easily entangle us, and that you could help us to see once again, see your son high, lifted, the one who has sat down, the one who cried, it is finished. God, would you speak? Would you be so kind? Once again, please, and teach us. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, let's read verses 9 to 13. Matthew chapter 6. This is the context, right? Christ from chapter 5 to 7 is teaching the Sermon on the Mount, and he comes to this particular part of his sermon where he is trying to teach those that are following him, his disciples, those that want to be like him, and they're learning. They're just in a posture of learning, and they, they want to um, know how to pray. And so he, he says in verse 9, pray, like, uh, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. In verse 13, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil evil. So two things that Jesus tells us to pray for. They're very clear in the text. The first one I'm going to spend more time on unpacking a few things, and then we'll close with the second one. The first is this. If you're taking notes, Jesus desires for us to pray for protection in temptation. He desires. He desires for us to pray for protection in temptation. He says specifically, to pray like this, to lead us not into temptation. Listen, if Satan's goal, the enemy, is for you to sin, the path to get you there starts with temptation. If it's his goal, and it is, then then it starts with temptation. And it's not wise. It's not wise to swim in the sea of temptation where sin abounds. This week, as I was studying and came upon this amazing story out in Hawaii, I wasn't there, I just read it, and I wish I was, but I read where these divers were um, once again exploring the nature of sharks, which right off the bat, that's messed up anyway, right? 
If you're a shark lover, just Pastor Brian will be back next week. So, so here, here's, here's what we got, right? So, so they're out there. There's this massive whale that is dead and these sharks are feeding on this dead whale. Massive, right? And so the swimmers, these doctors that are studying the ways sharks do things, notice looks like another whale coming at them and they realize it is who they have named. They saw her five years ago. She's probably 50 years old, two and a half tons, what is believed to be the largest shark in all of the waters. They've named her Deep Blue, right? And so this is a picture of Deep Blue that they found this week that came up. Now I'm thinking if the whale's the main meal, right? The people are the appetizers, right? I'm like, why are you swimming with a shark that weighs two and a half tons? And and it's fascinating as as they um, explored and took amazing photos. It was incredible. I was reading an article about their experience. Now, hang on to this one. Ready? This is what they say. It's not wise to swim with sharks. (laughs) Are you... (laughs) Are you kidding? <laughs> Why are you doing it then? Right? That's what I'm asking. Why are you petting a shark? Oh my. And then it says this. This is, this, is, this is the line that caught my attention. It says, they are unpredictable. Oh my. <laughs> Just leave that one alone, okay? It's not wise to swim with sharks. They are unpredictable. Listen, temptation is predictable. Sin is predictable. He's coming after you. The temptation is clear. When you're sitting there, you start to wrestle with, should I, should I not? Oh, it's predictable where Satan wants to take you. He wants to take you down a path, right? He wants to lead you down a path. This is what sin does. It promises more than it can ever pay. It costs you more than you think, and it keeps you longer than you want to stay. Every single time. This is why James, the half-brother of Jesus, would say in James chapter one, each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it's conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. The idea of disaster and devastation. Think about that. Each person is tempted when he is lured. Right. This, this is the idea of, of, of being in um, trying to attract you into sin, right? This is the way fishermen, when I used to fish a lot growing up in Virginia, I would use a fishing lure that I would throw. It looked a lot like this picture, right? I would throw it in and and I would just pull it a little bit, shake it a little bit, trying to get that bass to bite it, right? And what happens is, what happens is, is is that the beauty of that temptation, right? It it always covered the hooks. The hooks never outshined the bait, and yet it grabbed and it held, right? This is what sin does. It grabs you. It's trying, temptation, it lures you. It entices you, right? This word entice, it carries with it the idea of, of soliciting. You've seen these signs all over the place, right? No soliciting, do not distribute, right? And, and, and this is what we need in a sense to put in our heart every day, right? To, to, to no, no soliciting sin, leave me alone. It's enticing you. It's soliciting you. It's, it's trying to draw you in, in hopes that you, it would give birth to sin. And then sin ultimately fully grows into death. 
See, Proverbs 6, 27 says it like this. Can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? Can he? Oh, listen, if temptation, temptation is, is the invitation from the enemy to sin. It's, it's knocking at your door every single day. You get an invitation in the mail, you open it up, you RSVP, etc. right? This is sin. Sin is an invitation to sin. And if you read the invitation long enough, you'll give into it. So Jesus tells us to pray, not to even be led into it. And so I've got to ask this question. How do we pray in such a way that we wouldn't even get near the path of temptation, that, that we wouldn't open the invitation to sin? And I want to give you five helps, just five that are very simple but I'm praying that they're just five helps as, as you and I, we all face this, right? It's listening to us every single day, every single morning we start our day. And so the first one is this, is to pray God would help you. Pray God would help you, right? Follow the right person, namely Jesus, right? To follow someone that means biblically to learn from them and lean into them and love what they love and listen to them and lay your life down in order to follow their ways above your ways. Everyone is screaming in our culture to, to follow this or follow that. But when you set your eyes on Christ, right? Sometimes when you follow Christ and not the crowd, it's lonely. It's lonely, but listen, it's worth it. This is why Hebrews 12 would, would actually say to fix your eyes on him. It's, it's not a glance. You don't glance at him. You fix your eyes on Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. In Italy, a few years back, there was a massive marathon there, big race. A lot of your top runners from all over the world, many from Kenya were there that were anticipated to win easily and and it's a, it's a group of the leaders are, are running the marathon and they're on mile 16 and they're following the motorcade that has the cameras. And, 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 and as the motorcade gets to mile 16, they know it's time for them to, to get off the, the trail and then uh, unleash the last 10 miles. They just go after it, right? And so all of these leaders, they've got a two to three minute lead on most everybody else. And the whole entire pack, as the motorcade leads off into a major highway, right? The whole crew follows them, right? This is what happens. I'll show you a pic real quick. They're, they're, see, their hands are out, cars are coming by them, and they realize that they've run onto a main highway where, where it's not shut down and cars are coming. So they have to turn around, go back to the race, and a local guy from the town actually won. <laughs> Never won hardly anything. And, and that's something for those guys, didn't it? But listen, you've got to make sure you know who you're following or they'll lead you anywhere. And so let's fix our eyes on Christ. The second is this. We, we've not only got to follow the right person, we've got to fight the right war. Right? Ephesians will tell us this. In, 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 in wartime, when, when military, when they go in, if they're, if they're trying to protect or they're trying to go advance, they're studying. They're studying the, 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 the tactics of the enemy. They understand specifically what's taking place, right? In, in fo football or basketball, you're, you're watching film, you're watching game, right? The, the Chiefs have been watching the Patriots. The, they, they're watching film. The Chiefs go take the Patriots down tonight. It, oh, okay then. Uh, all right. And, it, and then they're watching, they're, they're watching the film, right? They're watching it. They're, they're, they're studying the film. They, they know exactly what's coming. And for you and I as believers, listen, Paul says specifically, 
to know, listen, Ephesians chapter six, we, we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world. There's, there's, a, there's a real spiritual, right, dimension to, 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 the, to the war that we're in. I remember the screw tape letters reading years ago and how one, one of the older uh, demons in that is training a younger demon of how, how to entice and how to, to, to capture people, especially in the West, right? He, he, he says, listen, most people around the world, um, they're, they're going to be probably um, willing to maybe die for their faith. And, 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 and so we're just going to go after maybe even the, the physical aspect of things in the demonic realm. But, but in, in the West, he goes, look, uh, most only want comfort and safety. And so whatever you do, let's just keep them as comfortable as possible. And we got them. That's, that's right. Lewis's imaginary writings of the demonic world and how it works. And so he says, listen, let's, let's follow the right person. Let's fight the right war. Let's pray. Ephesians 6 says specifically to stand firm and to pray, and to lean in to these things. That's why he tells us to put on the whole armor of God in chapter 6 of Ephesians. But third, third, let's, let's do this. Let's pray. Pray that God would help you faith it the right way. And let me, let me unpack this, right? Pray that God would help you faith it the right way. Not, not fake it, but faith it. Right, and, and, and let me, let me, what, what I mean by that, I mean this, when you don't feel like coming to church and being with the people of God, and you do, that's, that's faith, that's, that's a trust, that there's something good that's going to come, there's going to be mutual encouragement, it's going to be edified through the word. When you don't feel like singing worship songs that are, are filled with truth, and you do it, that's not faking it, that's faithing it. You, you're leaning in. Maybe doubts have been swarming through the head and, and flooding the heart. And when you sing these truths that it is finished, it is finished, right? It, it causes faith to rise in those moments. When you don't feel like taking notes that will stir your mind and sit on your heart, right? And, and maybe they're, they're, that's faith that's going from groaning to growing. When you don't feel like praying and you get on your face at home and sometimes, listen, I've been there. I know you've been there. Sometimes it's just silence. You don't know, you don't know what to say. You don't have anything to say. You're spent. But you're on your face before God, crying out to God. And your, your heart's crying. Your mouth's not saying a word, but your heart, he knows. He knows where you are. That's Faith. You're trusting, you're leaning in as hard as it is. Listen, when you don't share your struggles with others, and then you come to a point where you do, right? He's sort of stripped you of, of trying to front and be all that you're not. You're vulnerable, you're real right? Hurts a little bit. It's faith. You're, you're, you're trusting. You're sick of faking it. You're worn out. In faith, you're trusting 
that this brother and sister is going to pray for me. This brother and sister is for me. It's faith. Listen, listen, when, when you don't feel like sharing the gospel, when you don't feel like sharing the gospel, I mean, doubts are flooding your heart. Parenting's hard, work's hard, life's hard. Physically, maybe you're waiting on a report to come back. I mean, the last thing you want to do is go tell somebody about Jesus. Let's just be real, right? Let's just be real with each other. But listen, in faith, when you step out, broken, and you open your mouth, and you begin to share the gospel, you begin to talk about Christ, what's happening in that moment is your faith is growing in that moment. It's in that moment, right, when you're sharing, you don't feel like sharing. But you know the Spirit of God is, is, is stirring your heart. And you know the individual you're talking to apart from Christ is eternity apart from God. And you begin to share. And, and confidence begins to swell. Not in you, but in what you're sharing. And your faith begins to grow. Oh, listen. If you're struggling while you're striving towards God, it's actually a sign you're growing. If, if you're struggling while you're striving towards God, it's actually a sign that you're growing. Listen, pray that God would help you faith it the right way. Pray God would help you find, the fourth here, pray that God would help you find the right life group right away. Pray that God would help you find the right life group right away. Listen, isolation, isolation is the ally of the enemy. The enemy wants this. If he can isolate you from other believers, this is one of his first strategies to lead you down a path of temptation into sin. Listen, this is why one of our first memory verses for this year is Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25, that tells us, listen, don't, don't forsake the gathering together. Right? Don't, don't forsake that. Let's, let's consider how. how. You can't consider how to stir up each other if you're not with each other. So let's consider how we could stir up each other because some are in the habit of not being together and that's where the enemy wants you. He wants you to be isolated. Right? Listen, the animal kingdom gets this. Have you ever thought about that? Like these, these fish that swim in these large schools, right? When deep blue is coming, <laughs> hello, deep blue, right? Two and a half ton, 50-year-old mama shark, right? When, 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 when from a distance, you've got 5,000 small fish swimming together, right? From a distance, deep blue's eyesight's not good enough to interpret that that's a school where a bunch of small fish, where I can, they think it's a larger, and so they turn and they leave. Right? Birds that, that fly together in, in a flock together, right? As they travel, you've seen this happen all over the place in the sky, right? That, that's intentional, right? God designed them that way. 
And, and, and what happens is, 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 is they take turns at the front, whoever's flying front adjusts and does something with their wings, right, to, to, to impact the air behind so the ones behind don't have to work as hard. They're drafting in a sense, right? Use some NASCAR racing. And they're draft, and, and so they don't have to work as hard. And so what happens is they can endure and go longer. And then when up front gets tired, they kind of move to the back and another one moves up front and then they set the course and they do that so they don't have to keep stopping, but they can get to where they're going. And this is what's happening, right, with the people of God. As we go, we're headed somewhere to get this gospel to all people as fast as possible and we can't do it alone. Think about the animals, right, when they travel. You've seen the History Channel or the Animal Kingdom show or whatever that show is on cable, that where, where, where they're all, all kind of traveling together, right? And, and then you see one that think they can do it on their own. Right? And they ease off and they, they go to get a little something to eat or something. <laughs> it's, it's bye-bye, isn't it? Right? Because that tiger's sitting over there in the corner getting ready to... to lo- and, and it never goes well. It never goes well. Right? When you leave the herd. And the same is with the people of God. He, he does that. We're not trying to just get you in a life group. Listen, this is, this is to help you to endure. This is to help you fight temptation. This is good. And so pray that God would help. He'll help you fight the right fight, yes. And faith it the right way, but find the right life group right away. And the last is that pray to God would help you flee from sin and pursue righteousness. To, to flee from sin and pursue righteousness. Second Timothy chapter 2 says it like this. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. To flee these things and pursue these things. Don't try to interpret the temptation. Don't try to translate the, the, the temptation. Flee it. That means run, right? That's what it means. It, it doesn't mean like casually look at it a little bit and take a couple steps and try to figure out what it is or how bad. It, it says turn and run. That's what flee means, right? It's like the video I saw this week of the guy texting in California and he, he runs uh, there's a black bear that's loose, right? And, and, this, and the, ch- the news channel's on, over, over top and the news channel has got the, the camera down, right? Because they're trying to get the, 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 the dark guns or how they go take them out. And he's just walking there. He's looking for some food in the trash cans and he's in the neighborhood, a big old black bear, right? And, and he's just walking along and the camera sees and then out of the peripheral of the, of the sky, the, the chopper, the camp, they, they see a dude walking and texting. He's not looking, right? So you shouldn't drive and text. You shouldn't walk and text, Okay, and, and, and so he's texting away and he gets about 10 feet. And you know, in your peripheral, sometimes you feel like somebody's there. You might take a glance. Well, with a big black bear there, he took a glance. He didn't just like, how you doing? <laughs> I, I, he's, he moved so fast that the cameras couldn't keep up with him. Right, right. This is what he's saying. Listen, flee from it. John Stott, pastor for many years in London at All Souls Church, passed away a few years back. But he says this about this fleeing one thing and pursuing another. He says, so then we are both to run away from spiritual danger and run after spiritual good. Both to flee from the one in order to escape it and to pursue the other in order to attain it. 
this double duty of Christian. Thus, we are to deny ourselves and to follow Christ. We are to put off what belongs to the old life and put on what belongs to the new. We're to put to death our earthly members and so set our minds on heavenly things. We're to crucify the flesh and to walk in the spirit. It's, it is this ruthless rejection of the one in combination with the relentless pursuit of the other, which scripture enjoins upon us as the secret to holiness. And listen, let me just remind you, right? We strive in prayer because we have been saved by Christ. He has accomplished everything in his death, burial, and resurrection. So we strive in prayer because he has saved us, not in order for him to save us. Right? We have resources as followers of Christ. If you're not a believer this morning, we want you to experience this, right? To trust him and place your faith in him and then walk with him, praying with him in this war called life. And we want you to build your life on Christ, his word, his spirit, the people of God. And listen, and listen, in prayers, we're praying to lead us not into temptation as you're building your life. And, and listen, temptation is going to come. It's going to solicit you every single day of your life. But if you're building it, right, if, if you're walking with people, if you're faithing it, if you're fleeing, right, because of what he's done in his grace and mercy, you're going to be able to stand the temptation, matter of fact, let me put it this way. The temptations, they don't go away, but they're not as loud. You, you, they're not as, the knock is always there. It's just not as loud. As you're, as you're pursuing God, crying out to God, and as you build your house on these things, listen, listen, it'll be able to stand when the, when the big temptations come, much like this house stood during Last year, Hurricane Michael down in Mexico Beach, the Panhandle, right? These folks, they decided they would build their house with, to withstand a Category 5. And Michael hit as the third most powerful, winds 150 miles an hour. And on the water, right, they were able to stand because they had prepared for the worse. And as you prepare, right, for these temptations, no. Know that, listen, you're, you're, you're anchoring your faith and your hope in Christ. You're anchoring it in Christ. Listen, the, the towers, right? The two towers in New York took four plus years to build them. Four plus years to build them. And they fell in 12 seconds. 12 seconds. The enemy wants to take you down. He wants to take you out. And it won't start with a blow. It'll start with a whisper. It'll start with a simple invitation to go down this path. 1 Corinthians 10 tells it like this. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. And so let our prayers, let our prayers always contain a plea for protection in temptation. Let our prayers, right? This is Christ of all the things that he could have said. He included this, 
And so is this showing up in your daily prayers? God, keep me from messing it up today. Keep me once again today. God, please lead me down this path of righteousness and not that of temptation. Listen, he desires for us to pray. Yes, for protection in temptation, but second and really quick, he desires for us to pray for provision from evil. For provision from evil. Imagine this text. Imagine this, this man, Jesus himself. He's teaching on this. Does he contemplate as he's teaching that he will actually endure the greatest of all evils? Does he, does he side note it? Does it get, maybe make it into the text? Does he, does he give a commentary on this idea of deliverance from evil, that he is the one that is going to endure the greatest of all evil in being killed, the most righteous man, being slain, the most righteous lamb? This man, right, does he? Does he? Because what he's done, listen, he has provided a way for you and I to be delivered from the greatest of all evil, right? Death and sin itself through his death on a cross and burial and resurrection. And so if he's done that, if he's done that, he can also provide ways and patterns to get us out of evil schemes. He has provided resources in confession and repentance, right? He has provided his spirit who lives in us. He's provided his word that says if we hide in our heart, we'll be able not to sin against God. He's provided his sovereignty that somehow what is meant for evil, when evil's done, it can be actually turned to good in both the life of Joseph and Jesus himself seen. He's provided mercy every single morning. He's prayed even in John 17. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, Father, but that you keep them from the evil one. This is why we love singing songs that say, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, that means he punches us with a fist. That idea of the word buffet. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. Listen, prayer. Oh my, prayer is the jackhammer that cracks the concrete to get to the busted pipe. This is what we are doing when we're crying out to him. And the gospel's the balm in a sense that that restores and brings life and righteousness to the heart that can change a culture. And the pit of sin, listen, the pit of sin and evil that you may find yourself in, even this morning, is never ever too deep or out of the reach of God. Isaiah 59 says, surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to say. And so whatever pit you may find yourself in, oh no, there is an arm that can reach that far. And we find ourselves today, right, in a culture, in a culture that even this day is set aside to pray for the unborn. It's Sanctity of Life Sunday. Think about Even that we have to have a day like that grieves the heart. A day where millions for the last 40 plus years and there's so much healing and so much hope that's found in Christ. But we want to be a people that take a stand for that voice that cannot be heard, but the cry is loud. We want to be a people who take a stand in prayer that righteousness would abound. We want to be a people who, 
who celebrate even tomorrow the life of Martin Luther King Jr. and all that he stood for in racial reconciliation moments. Preaching the love of Christ would be the only thing that can transform the heart. And so how fitting it is on a series for prayer that we actually do it. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to spend a few minutes right now just where you are, praying to God, asking maybe there's temptations that are flooding your soul. They're in your inbox every day, right? And, and so for an opportunity to pray, and then two of our elders are going to come, and those two are going to lead us in prayer, the sanctity of life and racial tensions that we still experience, then God would, would move and work through those things. So if you would, let's bow and pray together. Father, we come before you and we praise you. You are so good and we love you so much. You are our treasure and our desire is for your glory. And Father, we can't help but stand before you and confess sin as we think of what we're celebrating tomorrow and the problems that we have, not just in our country, but in the whole world with the race reconciliation and father this is my sin it's all of our sin and the reason it's sin is because you you created us all in your image and when we when I when we have looked at others as anything less or as anything more father it is an assault upon your glory and so We have sinned against you. Forgive us, Father. Have mercy on us. And Father, we've also sinned by turning to things other than you to fix this. We've taken a spiritual ill and we've tried to address it with fleshly means through dependence on political parties and platforms and laws and accusations and even denial. All of these, Father, will not work you are the only God and the only great equalizer and what you've given us to reconcile men to each other and to you is your gospel and your gospel alone so father may we turn to it it's the only thing we can turn to your words alone because it is the great equalizer you came in your son Jesus Christ and you took on this flesh 
in your image and you lived that perfect life and you, Jesus died brutally to take on all the sins, including this one that we confess today. And you took it into the grave and you rose to seal it. And this is the only thing that is going to reconcile us. So Father, as we look into your kingdom in the future in Revelation and we see that throne room and we see every race, every race, every tribe, every ethnicity, every language bowing and praising you in unison. This is glorious. This is your glory. This is what you're doing right now on the earth. You are reconciling all of us for that day. May we be the faithful ones to do this in obedience. Father, take your gospel. Continue to transform me. Continue to transform all of us. Correct my eyes. May I see things and people the way you do. Renew my mind to be like Christ's mind, to think about people the way you do, all people. But most importantly, Father, may your gospel soften my heart to love people as you have loved people and you gave your life for people. So may we give our lives for others. Father, may we share your gospel, not just, may we share it and may we live it and that others would be and see your glory. Father, we pray this. We look in that throne room. We want your kingdom to come here in me, in us, as it is in heaven. We want to see your glory like that here. Do this, Father. Do this, Father. In Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we... We again ask that you would forgive us. Lord, as Pastor Dave has already talked about on the sanctity of life and the issue of abortion and how many lives have been tragically lost. Lord, you know each and every one. Father, but I, I do not believe that sanctity of life is only about the issue of abortion. I don't believe that we could separate your holiness from other areas, uh, Lord, of the orphans that exist in our nation and our countries, Lord, that need to be adopted and loved. Lord, the elderly that we, in all honesty, sometimes cavalierly throw away. Lord, the homeless situation, all of which have been created in your image. Father, when we ignore suffering and injustice, it is a slight against you because, again, you created all people in your image. Father, forgive us when we turn a hard heart to these situations. Forgive us when we go to politicians and to political ideas of thinking that that will solve a spiritual issue. And this is a spiritual issue because it is sin. Sin is a spiritual issue. So Lord, we come before you and ask that you would please change our hearts. Lord, to give us your eyes, your heart of knowing that 
when we were yet sinners that you died for us. And so, Lord, it is not something that overwhelms us or, Lord, that we don't have faith that you can turn around. Lord, if we did not believe that you could change these situations, we wouldn't pray to you. And Lord, if there are any that don't believe you can, then they need to find the true and living God. Lord, you are powerful, you are holy, and we ask that we would uh, be on our knees before you because you said that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, Lord, this is when we hear from heaven. And so, Lord, as your ambassadors into a lost and blind world, I pray that each one of us, Lord, would hold in high esteem the image of God that is implanted into every man, woman, and child. Lord, that we would honor your great name. And Father, we ask all of these things in the name of our Savior Christ. Fathers, we commit these things to you. We give you thanks. We are so grateful. We are a people that desire to be marked by Humility and gratitude and generosity and also prayer, Lord. Your word says, may your house be called a house of prayer. And Lord, we know you live and dwell in us and among us, and we are grateful for that. And so would you continue to stir our hearts, God, with the truths over these past four weeks that we've learned, that we would continue to lean in and lean on you in full dependence, God, in prayer, hallowing your name, praying your kingdom come giving thanks for our daily bread and asking that you would lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For we love you and we are a grateful people. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.